To Bar Don't Lie, right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick plays uh, some jams that are intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a tough weekend. Uh, that was certainly the case for Texas baseball, Texas softball, uh, for the for the Astros fans out there like myself. Ghost Rose. Um, but Rangers fans feeling good about their weekend actually ended up uh, undefeated. One of the three teams undefeated in Major League Baseball. Um, actually, in Steve Sarkeesian apparently was happy too. My man Sark uh, actually um, told my man Harris that he liked the scrimmage. He did. He did. He felt good about it. He said it was an interesting scrimmage and and very uh, intense, so to speak. They said they got after it. Yeah, they said they got after it. Positions on the line. Exactly. And that's what we've been talking about for a while when you can start building the depth. And that was the one thing for Texas. And I know I've been saying that word depth for a while, but it was for a long time we had the lack of depth mm-hmm. that was there. And it was it was good to see that in the reports that continue to come out about how the practice went, where everybody was competing and competing at a very high level. Yeah, uh, I got a few of these that I have compiled. We got a lot of, obviously, talk about how great it is to be in Austin and be a fan of Texas football. You have so many great entities covering the program, uh, like our good friends over at Horns 24-7. Shout out to my man Jeff Howe. My man Chip Brown uh, did a great job. He's insider piece. But uh, the good folks at Inside Texas doing a really good job with uh, Bobby Burden and uh, Jerry Hamilton, Eric and Eileen recently, uh, Paul Wadlington over there doing a great job, too. And even Orange Bloods, of course, uh, doing a good job. So I kind of compiled, basically, practice reports from all of those uh, different entities um, because uh, a lot of information out there. I want to make sure I give you as much of that information as possible. Uh, Starting off with my man uh, Chip Brown who had a great report over there, his insider piece at Horns 24-7. I love that he said the defensive line, and there's been talk defensive line, and this is just from multiple reports prior to this one. Defensive line has been, um, I'm just going to say, I want to say this in a a polite way, (laughs) that they have owned the offensive line for the most part, that they have been the dominant side of the line of scrimmage for Texas during spring. Okay. That is not surprising. No. Um, and that also there's talk there's a there's a there's a drop off on the second team O line from the first mm-hmm. team O line. I think that is expected. But that group is should you know be a strength for Texas this upcoming season. But I digress. Uh, my man Chip Brown points out they have a heavy package now uh, that they debuted during the scrimmage. The heavy package is all four of their defensive tackles mm-hmm. on the field at the same time. Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, and Vernon Broughton. Um, and remember, last year, Texas may have had the the deepest interior D-line in the country. If you stack on Ojimo, more Ojimo and Kendrick Coburn with Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Alfred Collins, and Vernon Broughton, that's one of the deepest groups in the country. And, yes, you're obviously going to lose two of your marquee players at that position. But, man, you're still going to go four deep there. And, two, I mean, you got two guys that are going to have NFL potential ceilings there, um, at least right now with Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy and Alfred Collins. I mean, if it all 
if it all clicks for him, we'll talk about him more in just a second. But if it all clicks for him, this is another guy that could also have an NFL ceiling. You got two guys who just left last year who are going to play in the NFL and be drafted. I mean, when it's all said and done, that defense of the interior defensive line from last year could end up with five NFL players right. on the interior D line. That's crazy. Like drafted guys. That's a beautiful thing. Think about thing. that. That's a beautiful Coburn, thing. Because Coburn and Ojemo are going to get drafted. For sure. We just don't know where. Yeah. I think Sweat's going to get him drafted, too. He would have got drafted this year if he would left. I think so, I too. I believe that. That is a massive human being. He's huge. <laughs> He's a and massive. And so is Alfred Collins. Yes. But Alfred Collins ain't got the tape that, Sweat, that right. Sweat's got taped. Right. Uh, and Byron Murphy has been the most consistent of all. Actually, even last year, he was one of the most consistent of all those interior D linemen. He was really good. He just overshadowed by Ojemo and Coburn. And they are deep there. And I love they're using that depth. Where are you weakest right now? Maybe I shouldn't say weakest. Where are you? Where you have the most unproven commodities on Where defense? Where are the strength and numbers? Well, yeah. Where your unproven commodities at on defense? And your strength and numbers, by the way, yes, you're right. At, at D-tackle. But mm-hmm. your unproven commodities are at the edge. Right. You're not sure what you got there, right? You had Baron Sorrell, but after that, you're not really sure what you got. You're bringing in Justice Finkley. Maybe Ethan Burke can be that guy. But you know. And you and you brought in Colton Vasek as brought well. Colton Vasek. You yep. know that you got some, some dogs on that interior D-line. Mm-hmm. Why not put them out there situationally or depending on the matchup that week? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. I mean, if we can sit there and look and, and you say, okay, I can rush this package out there and be able to hold my team and make them one-sided, so to speak, where they have to go out there and either you've taken away the run from them, so now you can really have your back uh, end of the defense really getting after it, the, the, the secondary getting after it, or you can say, hey, guys, I want y'all to actually plug it up, but I want y'all to get to the quarterback as well because that'll be another part of it too. I think those guys are, are strong enough and quick enough to be able to get to the quarterback. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Um, you know, Texas last year was one of the leading teams in the country in pressure. They were actually second um, by pro football mm-hmm. focus numbers in pressures on defense, which is a huge improvement from 2021. And that's when we get to a guy like Alfred Collins, who yes. there's been a lot of talk about him uh, inside Texas. Paul Wallington was talking about him today and, and, you know, talking about how now it looks like he's found his right weight and it looks like they found the place for him where they want him to play. And this is a guy that I thought should have been coming in playing Every shade on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. I thought he's got a could have played on on the edge. Also played on the interior. Looks like they're gonna settle him on the interior, playing that three or that five technique opposite whoever they see as their true uh, nose tackle. Uh, but he's got all the raw measurables and raw material to be kind of a war daddy on the defensive line. For those who want to know what a war daddy is, essentially, I look at a war daddy as a guy that cannot be blocked single team. He cannot be blocked by just one guy. Yeah, urban, urban Dictionary uh, approves of your message. Right, it's just basically cannot yes. be blocked by one guy on any down. If he's blocked by one guy, he's going to blow that play up. Exactly. Wide open, all right? Now, it's, it, you don't have a lot of these guys, all right? But he's got the – I'm saying he's got the physical dimensions. He has not put on film that he is that guy. He has just flashed uh, and, you know, not flashed enough, in my opinion, not consistently. But there's been a lot of talk, Harge, that this is the spring of Alfred Collins. All right, uh, that this is the spring, like the summer of George. Yeah. It's supposed to be the spring of Alfred Collins, where Alfred, it all, you know, it all starts to click. It all starts to come together for him um, because, you know, he's been, he's been right there on the cusp at times of mm-hmm. making a breakthrough. We just haven't seen it. And in this fourth year now, it's now or never for Alfred Collins. It is now or never. It is. It is that time yeah. in all of the – the answers that we have been waiting for from him, they need to be now. 
This is what we've been waiting for. This is the Alfred Collins that we have been hoping to see. Now, I don't know if it's the motor thing. I don't know if it's the physical being able to adjust to certain things. I don't know what it's been for why it's taken him so long. It's taken a while. But if better late than never. You, you show up to the party, they're glad to see you. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, this would be the perfect time for it because yep. last year you had an embarrassment of riches. Yes, on the interior D line. You, I'm, I'm gonna say you didn't need him, but it was it wasn't you know an urgent need for you to have him assert himself because you had Ojimo and KJ Coburn. But remember the last year with the light, it, the light went off for Coburn. Yeah. It did. Prior to this, Coburn Because we've been waiting on him, he too. He was a situational player and really hadn't established consistency yet. We're worried about his motor, if he can be an yep, every-down yep, player. Yep. Could he also pressure the quarterback, but also be stout against the run, take on double teams. He proved he can do all that. So it came. It, the light came on at the right time for him. Uh, we're waiting on that moment for Alfred Collins in his fourth year. Now, consistency, same message, same terminology, same system. That also helps with Bo Davis, so I'm sure that it will. Uh, but this is the thing about Texas and the pressures, because they were right behind Clemson last year uh, in quarterback pressures. Clemson had 287, Texas had 277. This according to Pro Football Focus, by the way. But if you go look at sacks, Clemson had 40 sacks. Mm-hmm. Texas had 27. Got to get to the now, quarterback. Pit, exactly. Pittsburgh was right under Texas. They were third in pressures, 272. They had 45 sacks. So one, two, and three in pressures. Clemson, Texas, mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh. Clemson, 287. Texas, 277. Pittsburgh, 272. They both got 40-plus sacks out of their 270-plus pressures. Texas only got 27. Yeah. Right, so Texas conversion rate needs to be higher. As a matter of fact, we look at the top 10 in pressures in college football last season. Texas is number two behind Clemson. Texas is the only team to have fewer than 30 sacks. Mm. Everybody else had over – no, sorry, take it back. NC State in Texas. NC State had 24. So NC State in Texas were the only schools in the top 10 in pressures to have fewer than 30 sacks. Man. Houston had 30 on the dot. But NC State with 24, Texas with 27. So you do need to figure out a way to convert more of your pressures into sacks. You're close. You're right there. You're close. You're so close, but no cigar type thing. You want to find out a way to finish some of those plays. And that's why a guy like, uh, it's another name that's come up a ton recently, uh, and shout out to uh, uh, my man, Chip Brown, because he brings up this name as well. Uh, over the Horns 24-7, he's inside the piece, but also Alex Dunlap. Yeah. Over the Orange Bloods also brings up Ethan Burke. Yep. Says the sophomore defensive end is turning some hits. He's played defensive end. They, they've moved him around. Uh, my man Chip Brown points out that uh, they've also found some versatility with him, flashing at Jack in, uh, also using his length, so he's altered some passes. So they like what they've seen out of Ethan Burke. Uh, uh, Alex Dunlap of Orange Bloods points out he has gotten some work with the first team, but most of his work comes with the second team. But Justice Finkley um, is considered to be the starter opposite Baron Sorrell, but don't be surprised if you start seeing more or at least hearing more from Ethan Burke. They love his frame. Six six six. Six, seven, two fifty. He probably can put on twenty more pounds, he can. and it wouldn't even you. You know, I think he'd carry it really well. Yeah. Uh, so that's another guy. Uh, that's another guy. And so on that defensive line alone, you're getting a lot of reports that you know if Alfred Collins can step up, assert himself. So a guy like Ethan Burke, you know, that could end up being a strength position. You know, you're loaded in the interior D line. You just got to figure out a way to 
solidify the edges. Yeah. And I think they can do that too. They got well, they got bodies to it. I was going to say they have the bodies, but now it's time for a bunch of guys to start stepping up and being able to attack and, and take advantage of the situations and the opportunities that they're given. I mean, you can lead them to the water, you can't make them drink. You can put them in the right position, but if they don't handle it right, you got to move. And you know he wants to win, mm-hmm. and that's the other part of it. Are you ready to take that next step as far as you possibly can? And this is a huge, huge year. For for a lot of those guys on that that defensive line, yeah. Now you're right about that. Um, also, another name that just keeps coming up. Sark himself mentioned his name since we're staying on the defensive side of the ball. And Sark brought this guy up last week when he was asked who has stood out to you, who separated themselves uh, during the spring. Keaton Crawford name keeps coming up, and mm-hmm. even all the reports also reflected. Anwar Richardson had a uh, really uh, complimentary report about Keaton Crawford, how he stepped up. He's a guy that changed positions from cornerback to safety. Coaches like that. Remember what else yep. they liked about Anthony Cook? They want their safeties to be able to cover in man-to-man. Keaton Crawford can do that. He is also kind of a physical freak, one of the fastest guys on the team. Yep. And it was also pointed out that in high school, I was listening to a report over at Inside Texas, that in high school he was more of an offensive player that ended up situationally being used and matchup-wise being used uh, on defense when they had to go up against a, a really outstanding offensive receiver of some kind. And that, you know, he now just may be settling into being a true defensive back. And, and remember, so not only in high school being used in a number of different ways and situationally on defense, but then coming in as a cornerback and then switching over to safety, I can tell you that can be a, for some players, not for everybody, but that can be a pretty jarring transition for some players. Yeah. And maybe for him it was. And now it sounds like he is making a ton of plays, and he might force Texas to think about some dime packages or quarter packages, dime packages, six DBs, quarter packages, seven DBs, because they got a lot of really good DBs out there right now. And think about that. That that would that would confuse the heck out of everybody if you mm-hmm. run a package out there like that. Cuz you you're trying to figure out who goes where and as a quarterback and I'm looking, I'm seeing all these defensive backs out there. Where am I going with it? Because there there really wouldn't be a mismatch. It would definitely you would have to audible to a run play, but you can't outrun these dudes cuz these all these dudes are fast. They are. And they and they come downhill and make plays. So it would be it would be an interesting thought process to have that many defensive backs on the field. I know they've done it at times, but not at that level. And then if you have that much speed, you couldn't. Where's your mismatch? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You're right about that. Tart Orlando, you, he he's the last one to run kind of that dime package mm-hmm. as close to his base with six DBs. He called it his lightning package. Uh, honestly, Pete Kwiatkowski very rarely you see him out there with a dime package six DBs. But I, I don't know if he's ever been this deep. Uh, there was some talk <clears throat> that, uh, and I was listening to a report over at Inside Texas that they are right now see, ple- pleasantly surprised by the depth they have in the secondary. When we think about it, Jaron Thompson. Jalen Catalan who's dealing with the shoulder injury. That's why Keaton Crawford's getting so many reps. Uh, but those are three. You can say Dinja Day Barron was great yep. last year. He was one of the best young DBs in the Big 12. And you know you got Ryan Watts. So that's five DBs that you believe can give you some starting caliber reps. And we like what we saw, we saw from Terrence Brooks last year. I think Terrence Brooks end up winning that field cornerback spot. But... Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams, size, Cardi B size, but is since we're talking about the DVs and how deep they are, they're deep at safety now with the, you know, the ascent, if you will, of uh, Keaton Crawford, but also Gavin Holmes. 
Yep. Apparently bringing him in from Wake Forest via the transfer portal. Redshirt sophomore, 5'11", 175, and he's going to his fourth year. But there is talk now that he's made enough plays on the football, had an interception uh, during red zone versus Quinn Uris. Eric Nileen inside Texas says he's been making plays like that all season long, and he plays man-to-man really well, which is what this – coaching staff wants to do he is making things really interesting for Malik Muhammad and for the sophomore Terrence Brooks so don't be surprised if Gavin Holmes you see him in the spring game is getting some run I like first team oh I'm I'm definitely on board with it we saw it happen with Ryan Watts Ryan Watts was my pick to click for the year when as soon as he got to the University of Texas I told you I was like this dude is going to be one of my favorite players because of the way the length that he has on his arms his reach where he can um, mm-hmm. Try oh, to yeah. move people off of their routes. I thought that was going to be big. And Gavin Holmes, we, I mean, this dude's got some skins on the wall. He played in the ACC. Wake Forest wasn't a bad team. They they had some players too. And for him to be able to go out and do the things that he was capable of doing, and now coming to the University of Texas and really getting acclimated pretty quick and understanding what is being mm-hmm. asked of him, that's huge. But that comes with the experience as well. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Speaking of experience, another name that keeps coming up on defense, and then we'll give you a couple of guys who stood out on offense, David Bender. No. Jeff Howe brought him up on Longhorn Blitz last week and said David, all of his sources are telling him David Bender has been really consistent this spring, has been one of the most consistent defensive players. And he came out of nowhere because I think I think everybody had given up on David right. Bender being an impact player. Uh, but it uh, turns out with Jalen Ford solidifying his spot at off-ball linebacker, David Bender right now, right now maybe motivated by them bringing in Anthony Hill and some of these other uh, Mo Blackwell becoming a favorite of of others like my man Jeff Howe. Maybe he's motivated by those guys. But uh, multiple reports, Eric Nalene also jumps in there too of saying David Bender looks faster. And has been a spring. Yeah, yeah, you know, has been a spring. Yeah, how many times has he? <laughs> he's been a flip flopper from positions. Right? He's trying to figure it out. He's trying to figure it out. But yep. Maybe if he's figured it out. And uh, yep. if he has, that would be a huge asset for Texas, considering most of us thought it'd be one of the youngsters or Mo Blackwell that would win that job mm-hmm. opposite of Jalen Ford, off ball linebacker. But if you can get David Bender to take his game to another level, that's just more depth. Yep. More talented depth you got. And that is something that Texas has been lacking for quite some time, the depth. Now Sark is doing his job and bringing it to the point where you're getting more people uh, coming to the University of Texas that are high-end players where they're going to get that opportunity to perform at a very high level. So it's been fun to watch and, and definitely something that – we're going to continue to pay attention to. But the spring game is right around the corner. It is, It'll be the first time that we get to see a lot of these guys in action and seeing what this new look Texas Longhorn football team is going to be like post those great players that you were talking about that are now going to uh, test their waters in the NFL. Yeah, uh, a lot of talk. Just offensively, really quickly, Savion Red continues Man, to get a I can't ton wait to of see love. that, too. I can't either. Right? I noticed that Savion Red is getting rave reviews. Mm-hmm. We talked about – how uh, Jerry Hamilton said to Shard Choice has talked about you know him being really a natural running back, and they're not even talking about now his power. Yeah, they said he has like running back power. Like he's not gonna be the short he, yardage guy. Yeah, like he has got real <laughs> power. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what that kind of power? So he's basically kind of a 
wide receiver and a running back body. And they plan on using him, and they were working him in the third team. He was getting some third team reps uh, in that first scrimmage. Um, and I think, you know, they can continue to see if he can be one of those hybrid weapons, potentially. Yeah. I know he be, people keep bringing up Debo Samuel. That's not fair to Debo or to Savion Red. But I do think, in terms of the, uh, the versatility element, to add a positionless football element to the, to the offense. Man, maybe Savion Red is that guy because nothing but good uh, reviews and complimentary reviews about him uh, coming out of the spring. And everybody's been talking about it from the very first practice when yep. they moved him to running back. And we kept saying, you know, most of the time when you get moved like that, it's either you're on your way out or yeah. there's something else that's involved in it. But originally they were saying because of the fact that there was a lack of depth there because Jonathan Brooks was hurt. The injuries. He was coming out of an injury. Mm-hmm. Jaden Blue was still trying to come along. You still had Cedric Baxter who was coming in in January, but you didn't know what was going to happen with that. So now you actually have somebody mm-hmm. that's been in the program and he's taking it and getting after it. And you, you got to give a lot of love to Tashar Choice of yeah. getting him up to speed to, on everything. Yeah, he's been great as a coach, but also as a recruiter, too. He's yep. been phenomenal. Speaking of those running backs, Cedric Baxter, uh, a lot of uh, really good reports about him. Um, there's another report that says he runs a little straight up yep. for a young Saw running that. back. Uh, that's a report coming from Horns 24-7. I believe Taylor Gaspar had that one. And also that there's a, there's a drop-off between the first-team O-line and the second-team O-line. I believe the source said at Horns 24-7, there's a big difference between starting O-line and the twos. Yep. Which I, I'm not surprised by that at all because I wonder how they're rotating the ones and the twos too, so I wonder how that works out. And uh, also, quick note, nugget on the quarterbacks. One source, uh, this is uh, Taylor Gaspar over at uh, Horns 24-7, she says one source said it was pretty obvious Arch Manning is the third-string QB at this point in spring. The source said Manning makes some good throws, but he is understandably raw and still has a lot of learning to do before he's ready to compete for the starting job. Quinn Ewers had a pretty mistake-free day. A source said Ewers looked really good, and you can see he's making strides. I love it. But also Malik Murphy had a decent scrimmage, according to the source. He was sacked a few times, but still had a good showing. Uh, and obviously cemented in the backup role, it would seem. That I, a lot of people have been begging to see Malik. Well, you're going to get your opportunity here on April 15th. You'll get a chance to go over there and see the young man get to work. I, I, I'm excited to see him, too, because I don't think people truly understand how big he is. The yeah. first game of the year last year, I was on the field, and I was like, Malik is huge. Yeah, he, yeah, he looks like he'd be, yeah. I'm with you. He, he does. He, I've seen him before. He towers above yeah. some of the other guys. He's legit. What do he say? Is he six four? Six four, six five. It's legit though. Yeah, it's every bit of yeah. It. That's not. Long, that's too. not. That's not just for the roster. Yeah, right. That's not just for the roster card. My man is big. Well, the only thing that was holding him back from competing for that backup job was injury. the injuries. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just he can't make the club in the tub. Uh, I think he got motivated by all the talk about Arch Manning. Yeah. Want to show everybody that uh, his time on the 40 Acres uh, also had come. Yeah, so he wanted to let yeah, everybody right. know. Uh, so there you go. A couple of nuggets about Texas spring football scrimmage and a couple of updates from the spring. We come back. Peter King is making an outlandish, outlandish <laughs> suggestion about the Texans and what they may or may not do in the NFL draft. We'll talk about that. And also the odds of Bijan Robinson becoming a Cowboy seem to be increasing by the day. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful on the Horn. One ticket, please. Lord, have mercy, everybody's here. Hey, what's going on, man? 
104.9 The Horn, Smooth Soul Monday. Uh, you know what this one is. That's right. Everybody knows it. Uh, but hopefully it puts you in a uh, calm, cool, and collected mood. Uh, usually Smooth Soul Monday intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who might have had a tough weekend, or at least their team might have had a tough weekend. Uh, you can be a part of the show. Specs Tech Science the best way to do it, 512-337-3776. Uh, you also hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Harch at Hardball Harch in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis, the real MVP at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's a nice jam right there. Uh, all right, show you right. Show, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can get deep like Barry. I can. You can get deep like Barry a little bit. Show you right. Uh, midnight uh, D- DJ kind of like vibes it. going on. I like it. Uh, let's talk about the um, odds for Bijan Robinson to become a Dallas Cowboy because they seem to be increasing. I looked at Bet Online uh, at my bookie. All right, shout out. <laughs> um, and. They have Bijan Robinson odds next the team that will draft him. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys have the best odds at four to one. Then the Commanders, uh, nine to two. Uh, then Chargers are at five to one odds. So and then the Eagles, next after them, fifteen to two odds. Mm. Eagles should be a little higher. I, I think the Eagles should I, be. I, but no, because they signed an actual running back. They did. They signed him to a one year deal, and they have that. They have those two picks. I, I agree with yeah. that. I think that once you sign the pro, the reason why I like the Cowboys is because Tony Pollard's hurt. You don't know when you're getting him back, and when you do, you don't know if you're getting him at 100 percent for a little bit. So if you want to have this, we're going to run the ball offense. You have to get another running back. And what is the cost to trade up a couple spots to get Bijan versus trading to get Derrick Henry or trading to get Dalvin Cook and having to pay him or trading to get Austin Eckler? Like what's what's the cost if you have to go get another running back now? What, what the cost seems less to keep to get Bijan for a better return? No, I agree. But I just think another team might is thinking the same thing. Yeah, I think yeah. that's for and the Cowboys are lower. They're twenty six, yeah. and I think there's two to three other teams thinking exactly like you're thinking. And I think it's Buffalo. I think Philly's having that conversation. And I think Atlanta. Atlanta's eight to one here, and they're having that conversation so, too. And this is with Buffalo. I mean, because they can I always think, trade down I, and get better value. I think Buffalo should be thinking it. Mm. I don't think they are. I don't think they care about running the ball. They're stupid if they're because not. they just don't like. They trade for Naheem Hines last year, not for a real like. I know. They trade for a backup running back, not it's, a starting it's, running back. It's 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 literally the the most obvious. Oh, like, it's obvious. It's the most obvious flaw of their model and their I, blueprint. I agree with and you. And it's like, if y'all could just get a running back so Josh Allen doesn't have to be the top runner yep. and rushing threat to. But uh, you're right. Maybe they're not. But it's, my point is there's a, there's other teams thinking about how you're thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. how you believe Definitely. the Cowboys are thinking. They should be anyway. Um, but, yeah, the Cowboys have the best odds. And I looked at uh, basically the mock draft. It's kind of a mock draft machine, if you will, at Pro Football Network. And they claim that in the last seven days – the majority of their mock drafts, 15% of them, over 15% of them, have the Cowboys taking B. John Robinson. So everybody's, it seems to be, and by the way, uh, Dane, oh, was it Dane Brugler? Yeah, it, it was, was Dane Brugler. Brugler. Yep. Dane Brugler recently said uh, that the Cowboys are 
drafting at twenty six and Bijan Robinson falls something they have to take him. Like it's just oh yeah, it'd be Ill- I, I, I don't mean, think Bijan gets to twenty six though. Yeah, if he gets to twenty six, if he gets to twenty six and the Cowboys don't take him, I told y'all last week I will be so upset, regardless. <laughs> Of the need. You always tell us you take the best player available on your board. Yeah. He would be the best player on your board. So no we're, we're saying if the if no the Texans take Will Anderson at two instead of a quarterback oh, and the Cowboys pass on B. John Robinson, we're all just gonna be very mad the next day at work. Oh, oh this would which be, one would be more egregious? The Texans taking oh, Will not Anderson taking at, two? at twenty-six. Because the oh. Texans I could believe they had a game plan. I don't agree with it, but I could believe it. If the Cowboys say we're not going to take this thing that a real need for us, who could really help us win, and he fell to us, but the Cowboys, but you could also argue deepest running back draft we've had in ten years. Yeah, you could also argue, and the Cowboys didn't take advantage of it. Still, it's still a deep free agency class of running backs, and you still can trade for running backs if you want to. So they could argue, I can go get a Rojo in the fourth. I'll take a, a more urgent need on the O line, on the D line. Value wise, it's the first pick. Yeah. So I was, but I'm not disagreeing with you. I think it would be. I think it would be I, an egregious error in judgment. And I'd say most of those teams, if you're in the 20s and not tr- getting someone else to trade for you, for a guy who's a top 10 talent in the draft in the 20s. No, I, think I would say I think you should be getting. You should be calling every team and saying, "Can we get a? Can we get a deal done?" Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think Buffalo should be trading up for him. I, I think Buff, but if I was Buffalo, that'd be my top priority, honestly. In the, in the, it's, it's not it theirs, be. but it would be mine. I, yes, I'm, like, I'm I, trading <laughs> up to the teens, and I'm getting Bijan. Yeah. be to me that would be mission. That would be mission accomplished. Yeah. Successful draft, right? They're there. gonna draft another wide receiver. And I'll be like, what do really exactly. have wide no, receivers? If they don't, oh man, you're right. But they they uh, they should get a really good running back, even in the middle rounds in this draft. Uh, okay, real quick, let's talk about the Texans here for a second because Peter King has suggested that the Texans, based on some of his sourcing, that they could go uh, uh, they could go elsewhere, another position other than quarterback, at the number two overall pick. So what he's saying is basically uh, the Texans pick it. He said the Texans also pick at 12. Um, and he said that he's 90% sure they're going to take a quarterback, but he says Nick Casario is conservative. He's heard about Nick Casario being conservative. And he also said Alabama pass rusher Will Anderson is seen as the cleanest prospect in the draft and a more of a sure thing in the draft than any of the quarterbacks. And he says he could see the Texans taking Will Anderson at two and then essentially trading back up into the first round with that 12th pick and then getting a quarterback there, potentially. I guess maybe a Will Levis or some other quarterback that drops. Come on, man. I agree. Come on, man. <laughs> this would be terrible. You think this is all because on, you screwed up the tankathon? Right. Ended up with the number two overall pick, and now, by the way, there's another report. We won't go deep into it. There's another report from Peter King. Actually, it was the report right ahead of the Texans' report that they there's a, a at least a, a front office exec that believes the Texans could be thinking about taking Will Anderson uh, at number two overall, but also reports that there is there is discussion. Uh, happening within the front office uh, and the management of the Panthers, and they are split on which quarterback they want to take because the the management and the ownership like Bryce Young, but Frank Reich reportedly favors C.J. Stroud. Mm. So there's talk about that as well. So Man. if that is the case, that they favor Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud, and let's just say that this report is somehow linked because it is in the same report and is the one and two as a part of Peter King's Football Morning America. Maybe the Texans and the Panthers are both 
falling for Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. And if that's the case, the Texans need to go up and get the number one overall pick so that they can get Bryce Young. Maybe this is all gamesmanship by the Panthers, but the Texans, you can't afford to play, you can't afford to play games. Yeah, You cannot afford to play games anymore. You need to go get your guy, Bryce Young, if that's your guy. All right? Fight for him if he's the one you want. Fight for him. Trade Fight for, him, for him. Go get him. Fight for the girl. If that's the she one you want. She's yours. She's I don't know what they want. Nobody knows what the Texans and the Panthers want at this point. But if the Texans are sure about their quarterback, go trade up to number one spot and get your guy. If they're no, no. waiting to settle for whatever the Panthers leave them, I think they're going to end up regretting it. Yeah. And if you're... What, what was been the purpose of the tanking? You know to, what I'm saying? Like, to get your guy to have the number one overall pick. Exactly. You're choosing your choice of whoever the quarterback is. I don't know what's happening here. And I watched an interview the other day with the, um, what's his, I guess he's the president of the Houston Texans, and he was talking about D'Amico Ryan. They were doing a charity golf event, and he was speaking to a bunch of the people that were at this golf event, and he was like, we're just waiting for the draft and everything. We see that y'all are back with us. I know y'all been dealing with a lot, but we are on the right. He, he used the Dion. We're coming. Oh, did he really? He used the Dion. We're coming. That means they drafted Bryce Young. I mean, because you draft Will Anderson, you can't be talking about you coming. <laughs> exactly. Will Anderson. They don't get nobody excited. <laughs> we coming. We coming. Where you Will going? Anderson? <laughs> exactly. With Will Anderson? No. All right. Maybe uh, he was coming off the edge. You know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you coming or going. Uh, all right. We'll come right back. We'll wrap it up. Put it together right here on Ball Don't Lie. What if we're not knowing? No regrets. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's good. That Pop a top again. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. If you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Uh, what's on tap for you, Hart, before we get out of here? I'm going to watch the national championship game, and I do want to give a special shout-out to Teddy and Phil. They came up and talked to me at the basketball game, my son's basketball game. Hey. Listeners to the show, love the show. Shout-out. And shout-out to Patrick for the great music that he always hey, plays. Thank you. What's on tap for you, Patrick? Uh, my buddy is playing over at Antones. He's been on tour. I'm going to go see him and uh, record the game. And Instant Serious moving to Thursday nights. Like that. Starting in a week, we'll no longer be on Mondays. We're moving to Thursday nights. So Soccer Matters up next. No Instant Serious. We're moving to Thursday. Ah, getting the weekend started the right way. I like that. I'm going home to watch some national title basketball. Uh, we'll come back tomorrow and talk about it. All of that right here on Ball Don't Lie. Remember, the revolution will not be telling us. I'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. Mean it. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.